This episode of the Thrive Life Podcast is presented to you by Roar Alexander, powered by Thrive Life International and home of the Thrive Life Challenge. Get ready to discover everything you want to know about fitness, nutrition, and optimized healthy lifestyle hacks to help you truly earn your Thrive Life. Also, be sure to keep up with War at www.waralexander.com and share the Thrive Life podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or the Thrive Life podcast page on Facebook. Now, with no further delay, let's get on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another video episode of the Thrive Life Podcast. I'm now here in Canada and I'm here with Lauren Rosemary. Uh, Lauren, she's got so much stuff. There's so many things we're going to talk about. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, Lauren has a very wide background when it comes to kind of holistic health and holistic care. So Lauren, why don't you say hi first? Hi everybody, Lauren. That's right. Now tell us, you tell us all your titles and your backgrounds. So my name is Lauren. Um, the furthest background I have is wellness culinary school, so I just called to become a chef. Okay, so there's actual such thing as a wellness culinary wellness, school? So yeah. it's different than culinary school? Yes, so it was more targeted towards specific health conditions, oh, wow. like an anti-cancer diet, and for diabetics, and for people with problems or um, imbalanced digestion. Well, I've never on. even heard of that before. Of that style, so that was what I started my nutrition and love for food. Okay. I knew after that program I didn't want to become a chef, so that's okay. why I've fallen into holistic nutrition. Because you didn't like being necessarily in the kitchen in the, all the time? Love food, love the experience, but I knew that, yeah, being behind a wall and in the back of the kitchen yeah, wasn't my long-term career. Face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I knew that that was where I found my passion. Um, from there, I went on to holistic nutrition. Okay. And that was when I stumbled into arboreology, which is the analyzing of the iris to determine okay, the, so the, the state eyes. of health. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we got culinary school, wellness, wellness culinary, yeah. into holistic nutrition through yeah. the what school? Institute of Holistic Nutrition. Institute of Holistic Nutrition, which is in Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah, across Canada. Okay. And then from there, you got into iridology. Iridology. Yeah. Okay. And then that path led me on to bioenergetics, which is like allergy elimination, but it's working with the body to balance the body to bring it to a place of harmony where it can thrive from its whole self and it's okay. back to its root. That has to do with like quantum? Quantum phenomenon, quantum physics and energy using the meridian points of acupuncture and okay. um, muscle testing gotcha. as well. Um, and then I've also become a yoga instructor and a meditation practitioner as well. So. Wow, and you travel all, I've seen you at different places in the world, you're in Bali. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, I was in Bali studying Ayurveda okay. and raw foods, um, that was when I was a vegetarian and vegan for a okay. number of years. But you're not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, um, we'll talk about that, it's interesting. Been through many different diets, okay. tried them all, as, as anyone that's been in the health care. Anybody who's in health and fitness wellness, industry has been through it. You've been through the trends, so you gotta, you gotta do it to, to experience it. Yeah, for sure. So, and then you were in the Philippines recently. Yes, mostly yeah. recently in the Philippines. Thailand. In Thailand. I love Asia. Always been. Yeah, well. Love the culture. I, I, I like Asia too. I don't mind it. You know, spending seven years there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The so, um, lover of traveling, lover of experiencing the world and seeing what everything has offered in me. Pretty awesome. So, how did you kind of get into the whole health and wellness stuff? Let's just look really quick. Like, were you always a healthy person? No, no. no. I met you in CrossFit, actually. I, I, I've always been into um, personal care, fitness, a little mm -hmm. bit of nutrition, but I'm like a regular average family. 
My yeah. parents were anything too special with salads and that kind of course, but yeah. it was when I was reading um, David Avocado Wolf. He has a couple books oh, okay. that I saw. I saw yeah. him live when I was about 16, and ever since I saw him live, I just hopped on that wagon and yeah. been rolling ever since. So Yeah. And do you do CrossFit anymore? Yes. You, used to go, you still do some yeah. CrossFit, yeah. So I'm probably... Uh, two parts yoga, one part CrossFit. Okay, that's um, pretty I good. Do. That's a pretty good yin and yang. Yeah, there, I, I would yeah. say so. I mean, if I didn't have a yoga, I'd probably be a robot, a little yeah. tight. But, but <laughs> probably, a, I can imagine. On top of yoga and CrossFit, love hiking, swimming, anything outdoors, rock okay. climbing. It's this every everything, but. Yeah. CrossFit and yoga are my foundation. Okay. So you have this huge background when it comes to holistic health. So the, honestly, this we could go so many different directions. We'll have to have you on again so we can talk about the yoga and the meditation stuff. But today, yes. uh, today what I really want to talk about is nutrition mostly mm-hmm. and uh, especially getting into the colors, like the colors of food and all that sort of stuff and eating the rainbow. That's kind of the, what's the, the, the name of this podcast is eating the rainbow. So... What I want to talk about really is, because uh, your main background is especially on the nutrition side, and I'd like to get into food preparation too, because I think that's really important. There's very few people I can actually talk to about food preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody just seems, you know, it's always just, you know, macro, macro, macros, no attention paid to food prep or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this then. As a wellness culinary chef and a holistic nutritionist, where would you say, let's just start with the big picture. Where do you say most people, just in the general public, go wrong when it comes to nutrition? We're confused on a lot of areas because there's so, <laughs> much, there's so much information at our fingertips that it's, yeah. hard, it's easy to tangle them up. But a lot of us, we're, we're still focused on calories. Yes. We're still focused on calories in, calories out. And it's obvious that not all calories are made equal because mm-hmm. if you can look at a, green, a perfectly green kale juice mm-hmm. and, and a and a soda or a Pepsi or a Coke that yeah. has zero calories. And, and if one has zero, but it, we of course know it's not healthy for us, and then we look mm-hmm. at the opposite, and it's a, a green, vet, fresh, fresh vegetable juice, we know that there's something wrong here and that it doesn't all make sense, and we can't go by the calories in the back of a bottle. And, yeah, And we have to look a lot deeper at the 100%. nutrition content. The m- micro minerals are, are uh, minerals that are much, t- much smaller and don't contain calories such as our protein, okay. fat, and fiber, but we're breaking it down into the antioxidants and the protection that it's going to give the body and, and feeding ourselves at a cellular level because our body's looking for that. When we eat a food, we like maybe like a, a pizza or fries, and an hour later we're hungry. Our mm-hmm. cells didn't get what they wanted. They were looking for nutrition and they were looking for micronutrients, minerals. Mm-hmm. And if they're not getting what they want, then a few hours later we're going to be hungry. And same gotcha. With, same with if you eat late at night. If we if we eat late at night or wake up in the morning starving, mm-hmm. then it means the day before we didn't reach our micronutrient. Okay, so waking up volumes. starving is a a, a, a notification. That yes, that the day before was unbalanced in terms of our nutrition. Okay, mm-hmm. so so definitely focusing on calories is a major one, like you said, calories in, calories out. But then you also touched on, um, you know, I find a lot of people people go into the you know just worrying about their fats, proteins, and carbs. Yes. And you have all these people that are like, you know, well, I don't like carbs. And it's like, well, you know, do you find that there's a big problem when people start classifying all carbohydrates or even just all fats, just like all carbs are bad? 
Yes, or they just follow what's trending or, or what seems to be the right, proper thing to do, but we're forgetting that there are as many diets in the world as there are people. Yes. Because every single person is completely unique and to themselves. So we mm -hmm. have to, instead of, it's of course amazing to get the information and to hear people's observations and to know what's out there and what's available, but at the end of the day, you're looking back on when you eat something, how do you feel? Yeah. How do you look? Is, are you bloated? Mm -hmm. Is there indigestion? Is there gas? Is there burping? Is there acid reflux? So we have to look at all or these even little like, things. Do you get a headache? Do you get cramps? Right? Yeah. If we just worse. if we feel off, then we know that that food like food is meant to be energy. End of our day. Mm -hmm. If you eat something and it leaves you sluggish and low, then that probably wasn't the right food for you at that time. Gotcha. And if we can eat our foods and really be in tune with ourselves and the energetics of of what the food does to us, it will have much more more of a an impact and and the lightness yeah. to our diet. No, for sure. So you're not a big fan of if it fits your macros then? Mm -hmm. you could, <laughs> I would exile that one. <laughs> yeah, so just so you guys, so what if it fits your macros, she knows, but in case you guys don't know, that's basically just saying, okay, maybe in a day I need 150 grams of carbs, I need uh, 120 grams of protein, and I need 40 grams of fat. So as long as it fits your macros, so it means I could go eat Pop-Tarts as long as I don't eat more than my 150 grams of you know carbohydrates from Pop-Tarts. I could eat bacon as long as it doesn't go more than the protein and the fats. But what she was talking about earlier is, you know, what's going to be missing in that is micronutrients. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of high calorie food um, with low nutrients. So can you explain that to people too? Like what people always hear, you know, eat high nutrient, low calorie food. You know, like what is that? Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to, the same, same idea, but if you, I want to mention that if we take a food and we, um, we modify, we process it and we're kind of stripping away at it and leaving it in a less whole form that it was from nature. Mm -hmm. The more we strip a food away, when we eat that food, it's actually gonna, it, that food wants to complete itself. So as yeah. it moves through our body, it's actually taking and robbing our nutrients to complete itself. Oh, okay. So some of the times we're looking at foods and we see it's highly modified, highly processed and altered, that that's completely gonna rob ourselves and it's gonna leave us depleted. Okay. Whereas if we eat whole foods, they're already complete. They have what, a wholeness. What would be an example of something like that? Do you know? So we can use breads or or any time that worked like a brown like a wild rice versus a brown rice versus a white rice. So okay. we just keep on kind of depleting it down the chain in a way, and and that it's a lot less of gotcha. the nature intended us to eat it as. And I guess along the same lines, you could get into um, sort of in the supplements where they isolate something yes. right down to the core, and then they find out it actually doesn't work. Yes. Such as Reservatrol. I know that's yeah. a big one. So people like, oh, you know, we've, because uh, Reservatrol is the antioxidant in wine, but then what they've started to discover is that, oh, taking these antioxidant wine pills, it's just the Reservatrol pill, doesn't work as good as just having yes. some wine because we don't know, we always forget about the interactions of maybe the other things. So maybe it's the Reservatrol with the sulfites or maybe something else we don't even know that's mm -hmm. mixing together. Mm -hmm. So do you find that's a major issue too? It, exactly. And nature supplies what it needs to us in its whole complete form. So usually when we're finding iron in our foods, it's paired with the vitamin C at the same time in that whole food form. Mm -hmm. Because vitamin C and iron, they work hand in hand with absorption. Okay. And so it's important to see that certain nutrients, they, they need each other for bioavailability, for better absorption. Gotcha. So if people just take a straight iron pill, yeah. they're not going to absorb anything. or do as, and as, yeah, as, as much as it would. Well, which is it. similar, I guess, to, um, I remember when the big controversy kind of came out over fat-free salad dressings. Because yes. people would have these huge salads with peppers and garlic and greens and kale, but then they would use a fat-free dressing, and then yeah. a lot of those anti, those sorry, those, yeah. a lot of those phytonutrients and antioxidants are fat-soluble, 
So you just end up not even doing anything. Or it's the same line as green tea. They say, uh, I, I think this is correct, but they say green tea, but when you mix it with dairy, the dairy blocks the absorption of the antioxidants from the green tea. Yeah, it becomes more mucus-forming Yeah, so now you got this big you know, green tea latte, which in theory should be good for it. It's actually not because there's so much milk it just blocks the green tea anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. on that topic, there are um, three ways, three tips that you can increase the absorption of your food. Okay, or three knowledge bombs three. So coming here's up. our three. So these are the three optimal things. And sometimes we do a lot of these without even knowing about it. But um, to absorb our antioxidants, the first one is to pair it with a fat, like you've mentioned, because okay. they fat and colors, they work hand in hand in absorption. And so when we're putting a little bit of oil on our sweet potato or on our salad, it, absor it enhances the absorption. Okay, so adding a fat, a fat is to one. high nutrient food is a good idea. The second one is blending or chewing until it's a liquid. Okay. So you can think of chew your juice, mm -hmm. drink your food. So that okay. means chew your food until it's a liquid and then okay. swallow it like you're drinking it. Gotcha. And then when you're drinking a smoothie or a juice, you're gonna put it in your mouth, you're gonna swish it around, maybe chew a little bit, pretend to chew. Okay. So the absorption starts in the mouth, and then you and then mm. you swallow and, and the magic happens. Because they say digestion actually starts, starts in, in the, the mouth. mouth. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's two. So that's second So one. basically just being mindful of your eating, not just like yes. watching TV, eating some scarf and yeah. taking like maybe 12 bites. Or even blending it. So it's like a soup is a perfect example of this. So we have um the fat, the blending or the complete chewing, and the last one, the last one is warmth. Warmth. So not okay. hot, but a little bit warm. Okay. So a soup is a perfect example because you're blending it usually if it's a pureed soup. Mm -hmm. um, you've got the fats in there because there's always some kind of fat that goes inside of the soup, like a coconut milk or okay. dairy or olive oil, like whatever the fat may be. And then the last one is a little bit of warmth. So not boiling okay. hot. You don't have to cook it too much, but just having it hot to the tongue. And that absorbs the, the absorption will happen a lot faster. Okay. Those are the three I could see things. that because uh, I know a lot of nutritionists and stuff, especially holistic nutritionists, are actually very anti-cold foods, um, such yes. as an Ayurveda. Yes. Ayurveda, they want you to have like a warm cup of water in the morning. They don't believe that you should have like the cold. And then you go through Asia when I was in Taiwan. I remember I was in gym in Taiwan. I like cold water. Mm -hmm. And the guy comes up to me. He's like, oh, you shouldn't be drinking that cold water. Why are you drinking it cold? And I was like, what are you talking about? So, but, but apparently an Asian traditional cultures yeah. everything is hot water warm. hot teas or warm I should, you know mm -hmm. warm hot but it's uh, definitely not cold so what's the deal with that it's it's less work for our body as well because okay. anything that we put in our body before it can move through us or through our, our stomach it needs to be brought to a temperature that our body's comfortable with which is 37 yeah. around 37 degrees mm -hmm. and so regardless of what you're drinking it's gonna have to get to that temperature okay. anyways so it's kind of like skipping a step, giving your body less time to work on cooling it down and more time to work on other things that it needs to be working on. So we have an extra pair of hands almost to oh, okay. be in our body to, to work. Very cool. So, so we have three great tips uh, when it comes to that. Um, now, how do you start then with clients? Then? Like, so where would you start if a client comes to you and says, you know, overweight, I feel crappy, where do you start? Well, I, I, I go back to the elements because there are... The elements are, um, are the elements? Our, our nature. So we have our we have our earth, which okay. is just being outside, being grounded, touching the earth, being in nature at least once a day for an hour is what I like to prescribe. Okay. <laughs> and then we have our sunlight. You want to be getting sunlight every single day on the skin. Okay. And then the last one is water. So those are like our three so foundations. Okay. 
And those are three doshas. Those are the, those are the yeah exactly. <laughs> they they Chris come keep swirling back around in different yeah. ways. So if we have if we have a concept of those three, I think that's the standard. And sleep sleep is the last one. Yeah, for sure. So if you can get a quality of all four of those, I think that right away. I mean, nature kind of sets us up that we feel good when we're getting those elements. Okay. And and then on top of that, we come into seeing our, how how the diet is. What times are we eating at? Um, what the dosha, what our doshas are, are vacant, we can look at the body types and see the metabolism of our body and what we prefer. And there's so many directions to fall into. Usually, yeah. I just once I get a, a photograph of their eye, yeah, and I can take a peek into their inside their soul, inside their yes. body. Yes, <laughs> we're going to talk about the eye <laughs> stuff in a few becomes, minutes. It comes a little easier to get a grasp of what the situation is that they're dealing with and how I can help them okay. according to the eye. Do you also then prescribe to the um, so there's the three doshas from Ayurvedic. Do you then prescribe to the because they kind of they kind of tie in and match with the three body types mm -hmm. the ectomorph the endomorph and the mesomorph do you mm -hmm. kind of go by those two or is um I I have yeah. and I do, I do when 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 I need to I I'll, I'll source what I kind of got to pull together but yeah. at the end of the day like, that's not one of my main strategies yeah I know for sure now sleep so let's talk about so so you say you help them with their sleep what kind of stuff do you suggest when it comes to sleep for people. No electronics. You need to okay. get rid of those an hour before bed, at least. Okay. Um, and taking advantage of the night shift mode or the, we can and put an amber glow the flux on the flex on the front of our screens, and that's really important for when the sun goes down, that should be on. Okay. Uh, because that's a lot, not letting the blue light come in, which is the blue light is what doesn't allow our body to create as much melatonin as yeah. we'd be happy with to fall asleep. And, and our melatonin doesn't start being produced until an hour after we stop seeing blue light in our day. So if we're looking at screens and phones late at night, then okay. our melatonin is going to be decreased a lot. Now, if I'm somebody and I come in and you just said to me, okay, we're going to work on your earth, your fire, and your water. Mm -hmm. I go, what, what does that even mean? So <laughs> what, what, get more prep. How, do we, how, do we, how do we explain this? What is the earth component? What's the water component? The, light, the sunlight component, I get more sunlight. Yeah. So the more sunlight and then the lack of light sleep at night. But how about the earth component? So the earth is amazing because the earth, as, as everything in our world, we're all energetic beings and everything is energy. Mm -hmm. It's slowly vibrating at its own um, signature vibration or frequency. And the cool thing about the earth and humans is at the core, they have the same electric pulse. Okay. It's the same energetic pulse. So when we are connected to the earth, we are neutralized or we're made back to almost a mm -hmm. flat line. We're not a flat line, but a, a stable ground where yeah. we're in harmony. And so the longer we can go separated from the earth, so we're in shoes outside over the mm -hmm. winter, we don't actually spend time touching the earth or being outside, then we, be, we become distant. And gotcha. then the static charge starts to increase, okay. and then our immunity goes down, and that's why we all get sick in the winter. <laughs> and that's, that gets back to, um, I've done a video on that when I was in India doing grounding. Yes. So you're talking about grounding, grounding. and earthing, right? Yeah, grounding okay. and earthing. And now, what about people, um, you know, it must be kind of a hard sell to tell people, okay, hey, you know what, get outside and walk around on your bare feet for a while. Are there any home tips you can do for grounding? Like, do you know? Yeah, there is a, a company called Earthing. Yeah, Earthing, and they've got a lot of products where you can put like a, a sheet over your bed, or, or so whenever whatever you're sleeping, you're essentially grounded. Okay. Or under your mouse pads when you're working on on your phone or on your computer that you're having some kind of help from the all the radiation being okay. put onto you. Um, and they've got like a lot of cool tools like that as well, but. It doesn't have to be too much time. When you're in the shower, you're grounded because that water is connected. Okay, that makes sense. Um, having a bath, that's why sometimes like ha we have our most creative thoughts when we're in the shower. Okay. Now, do you do the magnesium baths? Yeah. Like so my favorite recipe for a bath is um, half a cup of Epsom salts. 
mm-hmm. with a couple tablespoons, I usually put two or three tablespoons of baking soda. Okay. And then a couple drops of any any kind of essential oil. Okay. Lavender's nice, lemon. And what's the baking soda for? Um, it's for alkalizing. So it's oh, going to help okay. the skin and, uh, and it'll help with the absorption of the minerals inside the Epsom salts too. Oh, okay. And it has a nice relaxing feel and then at the same time you're getting a little detox to the skin and very interesting and inside well, that's pretty cool and then you mentioned water yes clean clean source we ideally we want spring water okay if we can find a source of a spring where it's natural water oozing from the earth that it's the purest cleanest because mm-hmm. there's no better filtration system than the earth yeah it knows sure. how to do it so if we can get our hands on some kind of spring water that's okay. ideal we want to stay away from plastic um, yeah. Always last. What if we can't get spring water? Living in downtown Toronto. Then we're gonna uh, filter. We're gonna find. Okay. We're gonna find a really good quality filter. Mm-hmm. And um, there's lots of little minerals or solutions. Yeah. So you believe in adding the? Because what happens with a lot of these filters is they actually take out everything, yes. including the minerals. So you mm-hmm. put the minerals. So what kind of minerals would you suggest to go back in? You can, simple as a sea salt. Okay. Sea salt contains all the trace minerals or Himalayan mm-hmm. sea salt. So between the Himalayan sea salt and a sea a regular sea salt is actually Himalayan sea salt only contains a fraction of the amount of trace minerals. They all, they both contain all trace minerals. Okay. But sea salt contains double, triple, almost quadruple oh, okay. the amount of the, the volume of those trace minerals. Okay, so it's got a lot more trace minerals a than lot. Himalayan. Yeah. And sea salt, just regular sea salt, is actually a lot cheaper than yeah, Himalayan exactly. sea salt. Too. Okay. And it, it works, it actually makes your water wetter, which is really strange yeah, to Yeah, I use sea salt. You got sea salt upstairs right now. But, I use sea salt in my own. And, uh, and it, it actually works to help bring the hydrogen molecules closer yeah. together, so it makes the water more hydrating. And the interesting part about the sea salt, too, see, what people think, they always think themselves, well, I gotta drink more water, drink more water. But the fact mm-hmm. is, that, that only works up to a point, and you can actually drink too much water. You're diluting. So what happens is, by adding the sea salt, you actually increase the level of water you'll hold on to, so you don't mm-hmm. need as much. So. I know in the in the physical performance, um, like in the sports performance world right now, one of the biggest sub- things they're talking about is just adding some sea salt or some mm-hmm. just some salt because it actually can increase your performance. But you also you know don't need to drink literally as much water. Yeah. Because yeah, it'll help you hydrate better. Yeah, and it's keeping your electrolytes and the mineral balance of your blood um, very healthy in a good place. Oh. Now, how about gut health? Yes. Let's talk about that because gut health. The most yeah. important health of the world. Yeah, all. well, that's in, that's in Ayurveda, right? Basically, the, it goes, all comes out. Ayurveda is all about digestion and gut mm-hmm. health. And then the health, yeah, so the health starts literally from the center and comes, and comes out. Outward. So wh- where are the problems? Just, just tell us about gut health. Why is it so important? What, what's wrong with everybody's gut health today? What are the aspects? Just yeah. give a, school us on gut health. All right. <laughs> so once we come to realize that we are more bacteria cells than human cells, and we know that... If there are more of them, then they are the really the ones running the show. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They, they they start here, but they signal everything to the brain, to the heart. They are the commanders of the body. Mm-hmm. So when we realize that that's like the real brain and the control center. That's why it's called the second brain. Yeah, and that's <laughs> why we want to have a good control of it. We want to understand that the, the, the if, if if it's balanced, if the good guys are overpopulating the bad guys, or or what's going on, and mm-hmm. and we want like we want to know, we want to be in tune with our with the microbiome because if these guys are out of balance, say we have more bad guys than good, then these bad guys, they usually feed off of, off of sugars. Okay. And so as they, if they become depleted or, or lower, they are, they're signaling our brain to give, to have, to have sugar. Sometimes we're okay. having sugar cravings. It's not even ourselves necessarily wanting the craving or our bodies. It's 
the little critters that are hungry. And so they're looking looking for us to feed them. And and that's nothing we don't want to be doing because the the bad guys are bigger than the, the... and the bad guys are bigger than the, the so good. So the bad guys that want the sugar. Yes, it oh, okay. is. That's right. And, and yeah, so that everything starts right in the digestion. So mm. we need to make sure that that is our top priority. We're eating mm. foods that are high in probiotics like... Um, yeah, so let's talk about... So pulp. let's go through how do we improve gut health then? Like your top list, what would you do? So the first probiotic? thing is to stop the harm. Okay, so stop destroying so need, them first, yeah, which makes sense. So how do we do that? Things that are high in chemicals, um, pesticides, herbicides, lepticides, all those are going to automatically kill the microbiome. They and that's so interesting, but that's just mm-hmm. so interesting because people, they don't seem to realize that. So the, the gut bacteria are bacteria, which are living organisms, which, you know, and the whole point of pesticides and herbicides is to kill living organisms. Yes. But then we never really think about when we eat these things, what we're doing. I mean, to me, it's like, it doesn't even make sense to, and the people, they you know, got these, all these like, some of these like really hardcore science guys that say, well, there's no pure evidence. As to it. It, just, it just seems logical. Mm-hmm. You're eating chemicals that are made pretty much to kill funguses and bacteria mm-hmm. or destroying plants, but then you're eating them. Yeah. So, okay, so destroying it number one, so you said through pesticides, so avoiding pesticides and herbicides. Yeah, or any, any foods that we know are harmful, like if they're highly commercialized or processed. And What about artificial sweeteners? Artificial sweeteners, that's that, or like colors, dyes. Oh, so diet Cokes and Fantas. Things that we can find in a test tube are okay. usually not going to be the happiest for microbiome. Okay, so getting rid of all the, the chemicals, the fake colors, all those just man-made things yes. is number so one. That's to stop the destroying first is them. stop. And then we want to do a little bit of cleaning. Okay. So once that's out, we want to increase the fiber. We could maybe go for some kind of like a colonic or an enema or something that's going to really like clean and move and flesh things out to, to almost start brand new, start fresh. So we're stopping okay. what's causing the harm and we're going to do a little bit of a clean sweep. Okay. Um, and it doesn't have to be through anything. Now, if people that want to don't want to go through that, could they just <laughs> things, 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 things like psyllium husks? Yeah, oats psyllium husks. Maybe, or yeah, something? or a flax seeds, chia seeds. Okay, so just things some really high soluble fiber. Soluble fiber. So soluble fiber is it's going to turn to like a mucilage or like a gel okay. when you add it to water. So like chia seeds are a seed that when they're combined with water, they absorb ten times their weight. Okay. So when we have chia seeds in water, we'll see it has this gel. Psyllium husk, I think. And psyllium is the same, flax seeds the same. And then as, as this gel moves through your colon, through your tract, it's picking up and sweeping and cleaning and absorbing toxins as it's moving. So it's really okay. doing a good job of cleaning the colon and cleaning the digestive So what's an insoluble fiber good for then? So insoluble is more that we find in like celery and vegetables. Okay. So it has more of a, a broom. Like think of like a broom, like it's rougher. It's, oh, okay. it's going to pick up. It's not as gentle as oh, okay. a, a soluble fiber. Soluble is more like a gel, whereas insoluble is more like a broom. Oh, okay. Kind of so soluble is almost like an ice scraper. Yeah. Versus just it's, a it's nice getting soft, the, clean. Okay. Yeah, more like a mop, more like a broom. Okay. <laughs> you so want both of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I imagine but, you would, but you just would like it more majority from the, the softer way versus the harsh way. I'd imagine a lot of harsh ones would probably give you some stomach upset too. Maybe, it, yeah, so definitely. Okay. And, and I want to mention that since we talked about psyllium, that if you have any kind of itis or like or anything that's inflammation, itis is, is inflammation, yep. of the digestive tract would be very gentle okay. with fibers because something like psyllium would be too harsh for someone like a, oh, okay. with an inflamed That is a pretty harsh one. So we have, ever, have you ever left that in some water? It yeah. It comes quite big it's, fast. It's pretty, <laughs> it can be intense. Okay, so fibers number two. Um, so so getting it clean. Yeah. And then we're going to regrow, put, put the good stuff back in. So that's 
really flushing in, oh, we're not flushing them, but m giving the body the probiotics. So oh, okay. probiotic foods so are heavily things, probiotic things that have been culture. Which you do a vegetables. lot of, which I want yes. to talk about that because you have some favorite ones. I feel like I'm a little fermentation yeah, scientist. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to that. So, so we keep that in mind. I'm going to put the note down here. We, I want to talk about your favorite choices. Okay, so yes. probiotics, putting the, put the good stuff back in. Yeah, you're going to reflourish with all the good stuff. Okay, and, so it's and like regardening the gut. Yes, so, okay. so we stop, we clean, and then we re replenish. Okay. And then and then you want to keep and that replenish you, uh, you want to keep it going. You want want to just do it once or twice. You want to be mm -hmm. having it's like on a regular basis, almost daily. You want to be having some kind of fermented cultured foods along with prebiotics, which is okay. And now the prebiotics is one that you don't hear a lot about. Yeah. You hear tons of, right now. Everything's probiotics. This pro, you know, kombucha, mm -hmm. whatever. But prebiotics are just as important. Yes. And why? What what do they do? Prebiotics are the food for the probiotics. Okay. Anyone eating a diet high in vegetables will be a-okay on the prebiotics because okay. a lot of it's like fiber. Um, one awesome way of prebiotics is um, through potatoes because when we cook a potato, we let it cool. Don't tell the low-carb <laughs> people and the carnivore diet people this. They're going to be very In upset. moderation with our potatoes. <laughs> but it, but it, it's really awesome because but potatoes, they... No, there's interesting preparation though for that. Yes, there like is preparation. You don't want to just eat like a hot mashed potato. No. So how, how do we so get gonna, the prebiotic benefits? You're going to cook a potato, whether it's being it. boiled or baked, mm -hmm. you're going to let it cool. And as this potato okay. cools, the sugars or the carbohydrates go from being sugars and they turn into resistant starch. Okay. Resistant starch is a prebiotic and it's a starch that feeds the gut microbiome. Okay. So essentially you're no longer having a potato that's going to spike your insulin and spike your sugar super high. So it makes it more low GI too. Low GI and, and now, beneficial for that. what happens if I heat and cool it again? going to get even more. So you get even more. Yeah. So if I wanted to make like the super prebiotic potato with a GI of a rock. Yeah. I yeah. would maybe do that like four or five yeah, times. You could, you could, yeah. You could keep going. You could make like a big batch of like 12 potatoes on a Sunday and every day cook them all and just eat well, one of them. Well, this gives an argument to potato salad then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. So the prebiotics. Okay. So that's good. Is there anything else? Um, things like tiger nuts are another awesome source of prebiotics. They're a little, they're like a little walnut. Um, okay. really, I, don't, I don't know those. Ones. They're they're really chewy. Once you start chewing it, you're you're gonna be chewing on one nut for for about a, a minute or so because they're okay. just so it's so they're so fibrous. Okay. The fiber is really high. So and that's the insoluble the broom style. They're also high in the. Oil. Now what about that? That's all yeah. in the colon health. Now what about um, because we said basically the the. The digestion you said starts in the saliva, mm -hmm. and then next would be the stomach, mm -hmm. where the bloating comes in a lot of the time, right? Yeah. And then the intestines. So, how do enzymes and things like cider vinegars and enzymes and digestive enzymes start coming and into spices. play here? Yeah, before it even gets to the colon. So, how does that? How do enzymes work? You always hear about people saying, "Oh, well, if you feel bloated a lot, take a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar." Like, well, why do we do that? Mm -hmm. So, apple cider vinegar and a lot of acids. What they do is they stimulate the production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. Okay. So it's gonna. So whether you're high or low in stomach acid, mm -hmm. vinegar helps to maintain to bring it to a point that it's. Okay, so even if you're too place. high, you could logically say if I'm too high, I probably shouldn't eat vinegar. Yeah. But you're saying no, you still can because it'll actually help lower yeah, too it. Will, high. It'll level it'll bring it to a place where it's in harmony. Okay. And that's a really nice thing about Now indigestion, you always hear people like a burp and indigestion a lot. And that that would usually be an enzyme issue. 
Yeah, or well, chloric acid. Or it's issues, usually yeah. stomach acid. Yeah, st- that's what I meant. Stomach so, acid issue. Um, and enzymes can help with that too, because if food is left in the now, what are enzymes? Because we get in the papaya enzymes. Yeah. You know, people say eat your papaya and your your uh, pineapple because they have enzymes. So what, what's this about now? So enzymes are they are a small they are the smallest piece of protein. They're actually proteins. Okay. Enzymes. And enzymes exist in all vegetables, fruits, vegetables, all of it. it they do yeah. not exist in animal meat or animal byproducts. Well, you won't find any enzymes in like a dairy or cow or anything like that. It's okay. only in fruits and vegetables and okay. um, plants. And they are heat sensitive. Okay. So when we cook our food, we automatically destroy oh. most of the enzymes. Well, that's right. Um, so that is one downfall. But the, the good thing is that our body also creates enzymes. So we've got okay. metabolic enzymes and digestive enzymes, but there's a reserve for them. Yeah. So if we're eating cooked foods um, every day, all day, all the time, yeah. it, we're, we're stealing our body's store of enzymes as okay. opposed to using enzymes that the food already contains. Gotcha. As so that's an argument for raw food. That is an argument for raw Because then you got the arguments against raw food for things yeah. like tomatoes, which actually increases some stuff. Yeah. So that's why you can't really be a raw foodie or a cooked foodie. For too long. Basically, you got to know these foods are better cooked, these foods mm-hmm. are better not cooked. And, and you've got to have a balance. you got to have a little yeah. bit of them both. Or you go the summer being mostly raw, you go the winter being mostly cooked. I mean, you, yeah. you find balance in your day. It doesn't have to be every single day, but as long as you know that. Now, do you kind of promote... Um, seasonal eating too. Yeah. So, um, th- so what does that mean exactly? Seasonal eating. Seasonal eating is, is eating with this is the seasons essentially. Okay. But I mean, it's like an example. Give us a word. Southern Ontario right now. Yeah. So Canada, Canada's hard. Canada's hard. We go through a long winter. Winter is where it's branches snow and branches and snow. And we're not going to eat twigs all winter. No. But it, but it's our root vegetables. It's our sturdy, heart hearty things that you have to be cooking. Things like squashes. So and, pumpkins and the colder, and, yeah, what potatoes, they call the fall vegetables. Um, right? Carrots. Okay. All those things that grow underground that mm-hmm. if you look into our biology, I mean, like, our ancestors were eating these kinds of things. They'd have them stored. Yeah. But, but they still would be eating that kind of stuff. There aren't any bananas and strawberries yeah, in no, January. Not too many bananas in Canada. Um, so that doesn't make all that much sense, but I mean, a, a treat here and there is okay. But yeah, for, sure. for the most part, you're having um, a lot of um, just hearty foods and soups, stews, sauce. Like it's, and you're eating a lot lighter in the summer. So in the summer, you're going for more of the leafy greens and the salads and yeah. the fruits, vegetables, light and juicy and hydrating. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, it's more, you know, condensed and, and cooked, warm, okay. nourishing. So Pretty. cooler, maybe a little more raw foodie in the spring and summer, mm-hmm. like you said, salads and lot, you know, things like that, and, uh, you know, just like you know, just chopping up peppers and mushrooms and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, do you like mushrooms? Love mushrooms. Okay. Good. The best. Good. Yeah, you pass. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so then that kind of brings me to um, you had mentioned earlier. Uh, we talked about heating foods and stuff like that, and I think another big one that I really want to talk about, and I think it's so important, is food preparation. Mm-hmm. And as a culinary chef, uh, wellness culinary chef, let's talk about food prep, because I think you can go really wrong with yes. food prep, right? Um, you know, I know there's a lot of talk now about high heat you know, and, and ages and all that sort of stuff where, you know, people that really cook all their proteins on high heat. Um, so can you give us some, like, what do you think that people are doing? Like, what food prep, what are we doing wrong and what could we do better and what's the best ways to cook food? So let's start with the worst way and the best ways to cook food and why. 
Mm, okay, I love I love baking my food, roasting, okay. roasting, baking. Um, just because the food it stays in its whole form. You're okay. Putting, like say for potato, you're putting the whole thing right in the, in the oven just like that, mm-hmm. and everything stays intact inside the potato. Okay. Whereas if you're putting it into boiling water, a lot of the the water is actually going to pull nutrients out of the potato, like the magnesium, the potassium. Almost drink the water. It's probably got more. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you could do it that way, but as long as you're yeah. using that water for a, a like stew a or, or a sauce or something, or, yeah. or you're going to drink it on a plane, but. But a lot of the nutrition is extracted out of it. Okay. And so it can leave the food not just less nutritious, mm-hmm. but also less tasty. Yeah, Because the flavor sure. comes out as well. And that's why yeah. I love there's flavor in the water. Um, and then also when we see steam coming off, there's, there's nutrition coming out of the steam as well. Oh, okay. Steam off of breathe food. in the steam. You want to breathe that food in? Yeah, you want to put that in as well. Um, what other things do we have? For food, right, I think we want to be compliant. We want to be making foods that we're going to be eating and yep. that we're going to enjoy and that we can have it really set up in a nice way for us. So things that, if you don't have to cook it at that moment, don't mm-hmm. cook it. But things like you can okay. hard boil like a bunch of eggs at okay. the beginning of the week and then you can have those. Those are awesome to snack on, easy, mm-hmm. grab an egg and it's good. Or, or sweet potatoes, okay. things that are good to last in the fridge. Yeah, for sure. And that, or because things you wouldn't want to meal prep is like a salad. Yeah. It's, it's going to wilt and it's, it's not going to be days. enjoyable. And it's better to just make the salad dressing and have that ready to go. Okay. To have it on top of the salad and, as opposed to putting on it in yep. advance and then having it. What about know, high heat cooking? You hear a lot about you know, people saying that high heat cooking is not a very good, especially barbecuing. Yeah. I mean, from what I, from what I gather, the way I go is I go deep fry, number one, gone. Mm-hmm. Deep fry, I think we can all agree, is the worst. Yeah. But then followed closely now, a lot of research is pointing to barbecuing because the flame actually hits the meat, which then kind of turns it black, which then increases the levels of carcinogens. Yeah, quite and it a can bit. Um, it coagulates the protein, so it can make it harder to absorb and, and oh, okay. um, digest. But then also high heat is, is terrible for our fats. Most yeah. fats do not go well under high heat, and they'll go rancid. And okay. right when they're rancid, that's already inflammation to the body. What do you What do you know about pressure cooking? Because there's a big trend for the yeah pressure cooking is super awesome. Super fast, yeah. Okay. It's it's it, but it's really cool. They've got a t- technology that doesn't actually damage the food as much yeah. as if you do the same style of heat, but say in a. In yeah, a it's, it's interesting because I was just in India a few months ago, and I was uh, staying this very popular, very expensive Ayurvedic retreat, mm-hmm. and they were we did a we paid for it. We got an Ayurvedic cooking class, and they were using a pressure cooker, and mm-hmm. I was just amazed, like a whole pot of like this Ayurvedic rice. Mm-hmm. was made in like six minutes. Yeah. It was crazy. Now, do you know anything about these? Because this is kind of new to me. Because these, you know, when I, before I left for Asia, these didn't really exist. But air fryers. What do you know about those? You know anything about those? I don't know it's those. like a machine you only have to put in like a teaspoon of oil and then it makes things taste deep fried but without all the added oil. I have no idea. That sounds like okay. you know, Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I guess you put in a teaspoon of oil and it just superheats it so it'll make things taste like crispy and deep fried but without actually deep frying it. Wow. Well, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know if the, I don't know how high the food goes up to. Now, what? Okay, speaking about what is your point of view on microwaves? Oh no, no, it's not so that, controversial. Not, microwaves. Since it's controversial, <laughs> and in, or anything that doesn't really have a long. Well, what would you do? Been doing anything we haven't been doing into our biology. So if you look back and a hundred years ago it didn't exist, then we don't know the long term side effects yeah. and what's going on. We know through research that it's there it's not the most ideal mm-hmm. so if we already know it's not then why are we doing yeah, it yeah i agree if, if there's other if we have a stovetop we have a toaster oven or not yep. like we're using those those options because 
I mean, if you have to, it's, I mean, it's not going to. Well, my mom just visited Thailand, and she, I got her a condo there, and we had the option. We went out looking for either a microwave or toaster oven, but I just I just pushed the toaster oven. Yeah. I, it just, end of the day, it was a, I just, I think, you know, even though, you know, so there's pros and cons of you know, all the research, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I think the microwave is just, I think it's just unhealthier overall, mm-hmm. but I also just think it doesn't make food taste as good. Yeah. You know, you can, all it does is make food soggy. Or a little dry. Yeah, dry or yeah. soggy, you know, but in the toaster oven, she can cook, you know, you can make pasta in it, you can make, she likes to toast bread a lot. In so every way toast. possible, it's a little better. Yeah, and then, you know, and now I'm also not, I've never been a big fan personally myself either of high heat. I'm just, I'm just a low heat yeah. cooker. I'm and and not what about oils, because that's an interesting one. Oh, I want to mention one thing about yes. the bright radiators. Okay. So there's actually, you can see in someone's eye when they've been eating a lot of food that's been radiated or cooked really? in the microwave. Um, in the sclera, which is the white of the eye, okay. you see little squigglies going straight, or they come from, there's a straight line and the little squiggles coming off of it, Yeah. almost like heat coming off of okay. What we'll do is we'll post a picture on those so people know what you're talking about. And, and when you see that, it means that that person, either they're a little intolerant to the radiation, and okay. that means since they're sensitive, it's harming their body more, mm-hmm. or they just have a massive exposure to it and the body just isn't Okay. Now, would you, is there any kind of particular, well, obviously, the first thing you say is stop microwaving. Stop microwaving. But is there any sort of uh, food or supplement that you could use to maybe help clean some of that up? Well, iodine. Iodine is really great for radiation and and kind of helping the body buffer and protect. Yeah. Um, So that's linked to the thyroid. Yeah, because what it does is I guess the, uh, the iodine molecules fill in the gaps where radiation molecules would sit. So I know when there was that big meltdown in Japan about nine years ago. Iodine is selling out. Yeah, iodine in Vancouver sold out like yeah. crazy. Iodine and or if you can't get iodine, sea vegetables. You're having yeah, brown um, kelp was another big one. I think seaweeds, yeah. like here and there. Yeah. So if if you had to sort of if if I said to you, listen, uh, you have to pick a diet <laughs> that's the closest to your philosophy, and I give you you know so so let's just cover some of the major ones right now. So carnivore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but carnivore, paleo, vegan, uh, vegan um, Mediterranean, yeah. traditional Asian, Mediterranean. Keto, keto um, and... Did I know? Okay, keto, keto yeah. They're kind keto. of similar to paleo. Yeah, yeah, so keto, paleo, in a way, yeah, I guess. Although I think, you know, you can do a little more on the... Um, the paleo, you can actually eat quite a bit of yams and bananas and things, where keto yeah. is like very low carbs, yeah. period. Um, but then, yeah, you, you know, Mediterranean, um, where, which way would you lean to? I'd be... Paleo category. Okay. Flexitarian. I'm flexible. Yeah. Because I, I mean, you, you got to enjoy life. Life is about the whole experience and, and yep. loving and, and just being a part of whatever the place you're so at. What do you like about the paleo sort of? I like how it's back to our roots. Okay. So anything that goes back in time, we know that it's been time proven. Mm-hmm. So it's beneficial. Only problem with paleo is they can't seem to agree on anything. I am, uh, I know. <laughs> One guy's book says no to yams, the other guy's book says yes to That's yams. One I guy say. says no to rice. Like, I know when the CrossFit guys come over, CrossFit level two is over in Asia, they talk about how rice is going to kill everybody. I'm like, well, there's about two billion people here who are skinnier and healthier than you guys. Yeah. They eat rice every day. So yeah. I don't know if you yeah. can come over here and lecture on that. <laughs> exactly. So it's you got to you, you got to choose and feel what feels best and yeah. then from there you explore and add on your own your own okay. methods. What's your favorite superfoods? If you if I said, you know, give you a gift card to go to the, mm-hmm. your favorite grocery store and buy your favorite superfood. I love Baobab. 
Baobab. Have you heard of Baobab? Baobab? I don't. Well, you, not off the top of my head. So, so if you know the, the tree in Lion King, the great big tree of life, yeah, that's a bobation tree. Okay. So it comes from that style tree. So it's a massive, not massive like a moringa. No, oh, okay. no, from the Bobation family. And it's um, it, it looks kind of like a mango. Oh, okay. And it's more like this, flat, or like, like a yellow color means. It's like gold paint. It's like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, yellow, a light yellow color on okay. the inside. And it's borderline complete protein, which is very rare for a fruit. Hmm. And then it's very high in calcium, more calcium than milk or any dairy. Okay. And um, extraordinary right all of you're describing moringa too. Do you know moringa? No, I don't. Ironically, moringa is called the tree of life. M maybe there is. Maybe there yeah, is. Yeah, but you eat the leaves on moringa. But moringa is like got five times the calcium of milk. It's got maybe like, a, it and it's a whole protein source. And it's from India. Yeah. Uh, it's mainly from India and then Southeast Asia's got a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's become very popular. Wait, too. it's like the leaf. Yeah. When but you can eat the root, the leaf, and you can eat the whole about. plant. You can eat yeah. the whole tree. Yeah. This, well, that, I mean, it could be similar. So, but yours is a fruit. Related. It's a fruit. It's okay. like a mango, but yellow. Okay. And, um, yeah, called, it's called baobab. It's what it's baobab. Said. Yeah, I can't say I know that one. Where does that originate from? Africa. Africa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm there. Very interesting. Um, I'm also, what else do I love? Shaga. Shaga mushroom. Oh, yes. yes. So Shaga and Rishi, the two medicinal mushrooms, I think, that are at the are pretty high up on the herbal list. Mm -hmm. You know the lion's mane at all? The lion, oh, lo love lion's yeah. mane. And um, cordyceps mushroom is another. Yeah, so you're in all the fun guys, oh, the fun oh, yeah. guys sort of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, and then colors. Like we color, So I think we forget about the like the colors. Let's talk about colors. The name of the podcast is Colors. Yes, okay. I, so, okay, so I, my big thing is eat the rainbow. Tell us about colors. Okay, so we talk about antioxidants all the time, but what are antioxidants? We hear no that idea. People, what, what, what are antioxidants? <laughs> People can tell you, there. this is my favorite question though, yeah. when I say to people, uh, why do you drink that? What's well, full of antioxidants? Awesome. What is an what antioxidant? Is anti they have no, no, no clue. Knows. So it's what so is an true. antioxidant? So an antioxidant, simple as it, is a pigment of color. That's okay. all it is, a pigment of color. So we have lycopene in tomatoes, makes it red. Mm -hmm. We have chlorophyll in greens, makes it green. Mm -hmm. We have lutein in a banana, makes it yellow. So we yeah. have, there's just a pigment of color. my favorite is the purples. Zeaxanthin. Yes. So we've got all these different colors, and it's amazing because nature, unlike a painter, with a painter blends colors together, mm -hmm. right, to make their colors. But nature stacks them. Okay. So if you look in nature, things will always start with green. So say like a green, a bell pepper. Yep. It'll start green, and so when it's green, it's optimal for its. The, the qualities of green are deodorizer. Mm -hmm. Detox, which is like green foods, it's cleansing, it's neutralizing, it's mm -hmm. it's detox. So green is detox. Okay. So that's what a green with green is. And then from green things it goes to yellow. So next okay. after green would be yellow and like in the bell pepper. And then the yellow is all about skin, it's folate. Okay. So it contains the antioxidants that are good for the skin, for skin regrowth, repair. That's why folate they say have when you're pregnant. Okay. It's for building new tissue of a new, a new infant inside of you. Mm -hmm. And then from yellow, we go to orange. Yeah. And orange is anti-inflammatory. Yep. Always. That's eye health too, correct? Eye health too, yep. yeah. So we've got, uh, we've got carrots, we've got turmeric, it's curcumin. Orange, so orange it's yams. Yams. Yep. All orange is anti-inflammatory. Pumpkin. Yeah. Yep. And then after orange, we have red. Mm -hmm. And red is easy because it's the color red, like our blood. It's cardiovascular. And so it's cardiovascular, it's circulation. Yeah. Prostate, it's blood. if we're talking about tomatoes. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. iron, it's mm -hmm. building of the blood. So okay. our, our red is kind of easy because red, blood, 
Yeah, I think that's very simple. And then after that, we go into purple, which purple is getting deeper than to just, it's more energetic. It's more yeah. creativity. Purple's become the hip color now. Yeah. yeah it's purple tarot. Because it, when we look at all these colors, we come to a purple, but purple has all the colors before it underneath. Okay. So it has the green and it has the yellow and it has the orange and it has all those colors, but underneath it's just been stacked and layered and layered and layered. Okay. So that's why dark foods are so much more nutritious than like a, a white or a yellow. Yeah. Because it can all the other spectrums of color. Yeah. Okay. And then after purple, we have blue, blueberries. And blue mm. is, again, it's life force, it's primordial, it's your inner, um, like the punch you have, it's the motivation you have. That's blue. It's, it's really, it goes beyond just the physical. Okay. And then after blue, um, brown. And brown is okay. digestion, like our stool. Gotcha. So that's easy to remember. Anything that's brown, like coffee or okay. a lot of nuts and things Cocoa. that kind of have us go to the washroom or yeah. have a little bit of relaxative effect, that's okay. brown. Okay. And the last is black, and black is gin. So that's. What's, your which one is black? Your gin is. Oh, like black sesame seeds. Oh, okay. Um, it's harder to get black. Black beans, maybe, too. Yeah, black yeah. beans. They're black rice. Yeah, emperor's rice. Black does exist, but it's rare. Black lachaga. Yeah, black is definitely so the harder can, one. So when you when you do find, if you ever have the option of, of uh, a black sesame seed, a white sesame seed, always use the black or yeah. or quinoa, yeah. or if we're looking at whatever the options are, we always choose yeah. the one that's darker no, because it's more white. But when it comes to like garlic and onions, so garlic and is sulfur, Yeah. Okay. So even though that it's a very light color, it's mm-hmm. still got. It's still yeah. got the punch. Yeah, because I'm a big garlic and onion fan because it's got this, the, it's the sulfur. And there's another thing I can't remember exactly what it's yeah. called right now. But my other favorite one is black garlic. Yes. See? Black yeah. garlic. I did a whole video on that on YouTube, but black garlic's awesome. Yeah, Something like brother. three to five times the amount of antioxidants of the yeah. white. And the white's already strong. Is it like maca root? Like white maca, black brown Might maca, be. I don't know. I just maca. know it. it's it's black. It's it's just a black caramelized um it's, it's been fermented. It's so good. It's yeah. fermented. It has a little sweetness to it. It is very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're delicious. Really, you really you awesome. just eat them plain. You just literally, just, they're kind of soft too. So you just yeah. eat them. So white foods, I didn't mention, but white foods are um, for lungs and immunity. Okay. That's like the main. So yeah. Well, like, the, that's why garlic and onions are so good for you. Yeah. 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 Immunity. So any, any color, you can kind of look at a food, you look at its color and right away, no, boom, it's got, it got this, yeah. this, this property. You look at so and I would say amazing. in North American culture, I, I personally, uh, I call us a Wonder Bread culture <laughs> because we're just so white and bland. Mm-hmm. I think there's a huge lack when it comes to colors in yeah. our food. You we know, forget. We just, yeah, we just, we're just not very good at it and we, we kind of eat boring food. You know, it's like the old meat, what do they call it? The old steak and potato sort mm-hmm. of thing. You know, we have some green beans and maybe some corn. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many great... Uh, different colors of there, but yeah. So the, the important thing is, is all those different antioxidants you need, but you don't get them if you're not eating colorful. Yes. And so how do you um, how do you suggest that people get more colors? When you're in a grocery store and you're walking in the fruit and vegetable aisles, there is color everywhere. Yeah. So as long as you position yourself in that aisle and you're looking at the colors that trigger those to you that you're like you're attracted to, yep. put those in your buggy and you're going to add it to your day. Now what about spices and herbs? Yes, that's yeah, another. I love those. That's why you need to spend more time That's well. why we're Wonder Bread, because one thing that drove me nuts, you probably get this too, because you yeah. travel through Asia a lot. You go through Asia, every time you order food, whether you're in India, Thailand, Hong Kong, they're always going to you, oh, it's spicy. Oh, you don't want it spicy. And I'm like, no, I like spicy food. Yeah. And it's because, to be honest, over there, I think they our food's just boring. 
You know, yeah. it's just boring, bland, no spice. We like everything yeah. kind of just sweet and kind of neutral. You know, the whole kind of British sort of, you know, just kind of nothingness. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, what do you tell people? Like, how do you use spices and herbs? Because you do a lot of recipes. I That's do. what I want to get into. You do a lot of recipes because I follow your Instagram. Yeah. And you do a lot of food prep. So how do you use spices and herbs in your, like, easy ways to get them in? I I am a, I'm a sniffer, I smell, so I love to smell, and herbs, they really carry the scent mm-hmm. along with the food. So when you're, when you're cooking a regular food, say you're cooking chicken, mm-hmm. there's not going to be too much of a smell there until no. you add the rosemary, the thyme, the garlic, the chives. The chili. The chili. When you add in the herbs, it really amplifies whatever the food is. You have your, the chicken might be the, 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 the base, mm-hmm. but then the herbs and the, everything else just amplify it to yeah. make it go from... From a two to yeah. a ten, right? So, yeah. so it's it just the whole experience of cooking it to eating it, it becomes a lot better with our yeah. with our herb choice, and and we have to just find a collection of herbs that or um, spices that we are in tune with. So maybe get three, okay. and you're gonna get three and just start with working with those three. So say it's cinnamon, rosemary, and garlic. Okay. Well, very simple yeah. ones, but we know that cinnamon's gonna. Cinnamon, we probably won't be putting on our chicken and our meat. Yeah, not too often. We're gonna, we're gonna know that, that we use more of the herbs for that. Mm-hmm. And then, so we have to kind of know the direction where we're going. Or if we're making like a, a smoothie that has like maybe a, a banana or, or mango in it, then that a cinnamon mm-hmm. could go really well in there. Yeah. And so we have to know where to put the herbs on what dishes. And, and I think that just comes with experience and being in the kitchen and knowing what you like. What about infusion waters? Yes. Do you dig those? I do love those. So <laughs> using water, it's um, it's adding the herbs to the water, yeah. letting it sit for a certain length of time, and slowly the water will extract nutrients and flavor out of those herbs. And Which is your favorite water. one? I love watermelon and rosemary. Oh, okay. I'm a that's cucumber and mint fan. Cucumber, that's a good one, too. Yeah. There's so many out there. There's, we there all, is. There's and certain, even fusion coffees now are catching on, like having yeah. some like, green tea or some herbs mixed in with your coffee. Yeah. I want to mention yeah. that when you do do herbal infusions, if you're using things like a, I've seen like people put blueberries in their water. Mm-hmm. The blueberry has a skin. So yep. you want to make sure that you pop or yeah, open or like somehow release the juices out so it, the flavor can be there because yeah, if we sense. just pop some of the skin inside our water... And then we wait a couple hours and we're like, this doesn't look blueberries at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's because all the nutrition is trapped inside. And I guess another thing on that point, too, is if you're going to throw something with the skin on it, you probably want to make sure it's an organic version yeah. or at least you've washed it really, really well. Yes, which I, I like washing my... Or you have a cup of pesticide water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like washing a lot of my vegetables in Indian like salt what, water. You know, how do you wash your vegetables? Because I use the Eat Cleaner, which is a company out of California... That's yeah. been shown to get like 99.9 percent. You even get the wax and off. And I, I think that that's me. That's yeah, I'll send you the link for that. Really great. What, what do you use right now? For me personally, I just use um, um, sea salt and baking soda. Okay. Just a little bit. I keep a, a tub of it in my fridge. Okay. And then whenever I need to rinse, I just put it in there. Yeah, a little rinse. You hear a lot of people do water only. I'm like, well, you know, that doesn't, doesn't do, do too much. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't even see the logic behind it doing too much. No. So, no. Okay, so sea salt and baking soda. Sea salt and baking soda. You put a little bit of vinegar in there if you wanted to, but it's not always. Like sea salt's enough. Yeah. Sea salt and water is enough too. Okay. Now you we had talked before when you had mentioned about probiotics and you said you're a bit of a probiotic. You know, you love to make these probiotic experiments, sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. What, what what sort of foods are good for probiotics? First, let's talk. So people are kind of like, well, what what is a good probiotic food? Uh, like we know kombucha because that's become very mm-hmm. popular. But what other things do you like to make, and what other things do you suggest to people? 
Because you want to have a wide range of probiotics too, right? Like yes. You can't just say, well, I just eat yogurt. Because that's, yep. that's going to give you some, but, but not, it's not going to give the you... Range. Yeah. So there's 11 strains. There's 11 essential strains of probiotics that we need. Okay. So that's why you want a lot of different sources coming in every day. Because if you're just sticking to kombucha or just yogurt, maybe you're getting three or four, and okay. just those three or four strains are growing, but you want all 11. Okay. So that's why you need the different sources. Uh, I love cabbage. Okay. Because cabbage is so versatile in the direction you can bring it to. You can go towards a kefir, or it's not a kefir, a, um, um, what's this, kimchi. Yes. Kimchi. So it can be reminded of the kimchi, or it can go in its own direction of not spices, but still using um, others like dill and thyme and, and spices, chili, mm. garlic. So you like a base of cabbage. Base of cabbage. Which is interesting, because cabbage is actually one of the most medicinal vegetables in ancient Greek medicine. Yes. Uh, where they actually said, he said, I forget who it was, like, uh, Hippocrates, I believe, yeah. said that cabbage will cure all. Yeah. He's a very big fan I, of cabbage. So what do you do with these cabbages? Then? Um, so for, for making a kefir, or for making a cultured vegetable, you're, all you need is the vegetable sliced up really small. So you can a potato so peeler. So cultured vegetables. Yeah, you're going to okay. slice the cabbage up, and you're going to pack it tight into a jar. Okay. And then you're going to keep some on the side that you blend with water and sea salt as a brine. Okay. And you're going to pour this brine. You can add a half a cup of, of a probiotic capsule if you want okay. to for extra, but it's not necessary. But you don't have to. So, because that's why the problem with probiotic stuff is you always have to have like the bacteria to the start culture, with. It's going to be hard if you're not living in a place where you can easily yeah. get it. So this you don't have yeah. to Yeah, cabbage contains its own. Okay. So cabbage you don't need to add. It's, it's optional. You can. I usually add a little bit just extra. Well, because it's so easy to get here. Can. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessary. And then you're going to let it sit on the counter in a breathable jar for, for about two or three days. So you leave the lid off? Lid off with a little okay. towel over the top so no critters like, can get in there. Yeah, like a screen of some little cheese screen. cheese cloth or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. And you let it sit for a few days and then it's ready for the fridge. And it's because as it sits, the bacteria are slowly feasting on the carbohydrates and the sugars in there. So they're, okay. they're almost pre-digesting your food. So okay. it's a lot less work for your body, and then plus it's also high in probiotics for the body too, so it's a double win. Okay, and what kind of things do you mix in with your cultured vegetables? Is it just a cup of cabbage, or do you throw other flavors in? I'll, yeah, I'll throw it on top of a salad, and a, I'll put it on a sandwich and wraps. Yeah. You can kind of put it anywhere, just in the side. What's in that really quick? Okay, so kimchi is a, it's still cabbage, but it's got all the spices inside of it as well. There's okay. onion, garlic, chili, cayenne. Oh, wow. it, it, it's got a, it's got a that whole range. That sounds like a super superfood. And yeah, it's yeah. a superfood, and not just the probiotics, of course, and all the benefits of cultured cabbage, but the spice actually it, it's a, like a stimulant to the digestion. Okay. And allows it just more freely moving, and it, and it's a little detox as well. It really stimulates. You can imagine when you put chili or something spicy on your tongue, and you make a face because it's it's so hot. Yeah. And so the same face you kind of make, and your senses get your organs the same thing. They're gonna clean and, and sludge okay. and kind of move and purge and, and allow like a little bit of a, a reset, restart gotcha. to, your, to your body. So that's cabbage. Is there anything that's else you need to know about cabbage? Yeah, there's one more drink that I like to make with the cabbage. So okay. what you do is you are blending cabbage and kale with water. Okay. And so you're taking about equal parts of each, maybe like half the cabbage and a whole head of kale okay. and you're blending it with water till mm -hmm. it's smooth. Then you're going to open a probiotic capsule inside of it, optional okay. too, but you're putting in about three tablespoons of um, sea salt. Oh, okay. So it's got like, it's almost a, a salty cabbage kale. It doesn't sound It delicious. sounds like it would be terrible. Yeah. But then you're gonna put a, a breathable lid on top okay. of this large jar, and you're sitting on your counter for about three days, and it's fermenting okay. at this time. 
And then after about three days, you're going to get a strainer and pour it through, and all the pulp will kind of stay out. And yeah. you'll have this high, high, high probiotic, like tonic, medicinal liquid. Wow. And then you can put a shot of it every day before a meal. Okay. And so it's like a little shot. It's a little bit like a vinegar. Yeah. But it's I call it a gut shot. So is it for probiotics and gut it's, acid? It's every, anything oh, that okay. can possibly be beneficial for the stomach, for digestion, it's got it in there. So it's an all-in-one. It's an all-in-one because it's got, yeah, it's like two powerhouses, cake, cabbage, and kale. Okay. But then they're fermented. Yeah. And then you've sure. got all the minerals in it, too, from the sea salt. Okay. And then that together makes this... It's just, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> wow. All right, so we're, pr- we're approaching our time. So we're definitely yeah. going to do a part two, but I want to touch on iridology really quick. Yeah. So what is just iridology in a nutshell, just so people know? Okay, so iridology is the analyzing of the color of the iris, so the colors of our eyes. And it's looking into those colors and looking into our, our eyes, and you can really analyze and see a person's state of health from the inside out. Okay. Because 65% of our nerves from our brain pass through the optical nerve through our eye first. Mm-hmm. So any messages from our brain down, mm-hmm. the eyes get, get a glimpse of. Yeah. And so when we break an arm or we damage a body part or we have inflamed in one spot, it's going to show through the eye first and okay. then proceed down to the body. So if an organ removed, it'll be like a black spot where that organ was in the, in really? the eye because okay. it's completely been removed. And so in Europe and in other places of the world, not so much in North America, but they actually have an iridologist on every floor of a hospital okay. because they're used to diagnose disease or they're used to find the pathology of the problem. Because okay. the eye doesn't lie. Yeah. And so there's no guessing. Some people mm-hmm. come in, they get a diagnosis, and they're like, oh, that was actually a wrong diagnosis. Oh, we'll try again. We'll, we'll try again. Okay. But if we just look in the eye, the yeah. eye doesn't lie to us. Huh. We can find out exactly what's going on Very at that interesting. moment. Really amazing. So every line, wrinkle, fold, space, gap, color hmm. of the eye indicates to something. Gotcha. And same with the, the sclera, which is the white of the eye, all the little red veins we see, yeah. the yellow means something. So we'll see that one on the microwave, which would be cool. See the that's, microwave that's one? a great one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So if you see, which is very common, it's a little bit of, um, actually there's three, only three colors of eyes. Okay. So there is brown, mm-hmm. blue, mm-hmm. and mix. Okay. Okay, so we're going, well, what about a green eye? A green eye is a blue eye with a yellow haze over it, oh, okay. showing that there is a little bit of congestion into the liver and okay. the kidneys. And so that pathway, that elimination pathway is a little bit blocked, so mm-hmm. it's becoming backed up, and then it puts a haze over the eye and a little bit of detox, and that will let your eye could go to being a little bit more blue. Wow. That's and then same with the brown eye. If someone's brown eye, but they have that yellow haze, a little hazel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and that explains why your eyes are so blue. I hope so. <laughs> and then we have um, also the color, very common is orange, a little bit of orange around the center of the okay. eye. And so when we see orange, it's we'll show showing some that, examples of that. Yeah, yeah we, we will. It, it's, it's the pancreas is feeling weakened from too much sugar in the diet. Okay. But then equally, if you look at the um, psychology behind it, is that there's a lack of sweetness in life. Oh, okay. So we see very often people who might be diabetic or have blood sugar yeah. problems, that there's a little bit of orange around the eye because the lack of sweetness in their life has been filled through sugar in the diet. Gotcha. So they're kind of filling this void with food, okay. and they can see the damage through the eye of someone wow. experience that. So you can look at it outside, you can really see a lot of it. Yellow can also mean a little bit of worry too. Okay. So kidney and kidneys really to worry, and that's why when we're, we have a project or something big going on and we're nervous, we have to pee because the kidneys yeah. are triggered. Huh. We're definitely gonna have to get more into that. Well, we will, uh, there's, we, so, there's so much to unpack. Where can people find out more about you? 
Um, so I'm on a website, laurenrosemarie.com. Okay. And all my handles on social media are Lauren Rosemarie. So my Facebook, Lauren Rosemarie. Instagram is Lauren Rosemarie. Um, so it's just my name. It's pretty Perfect. Easy. Well, we'll bring you back on because we, we, there's still yoga we can talk about, more ideology, yeah. meditation. Got it uh, all. So much stuff. Well, thank you for being on thank the show. You. Yeah, thank and so much. talk to you again soon.